0: Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined as always by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and as always, we are joined by producer Annabelle Lee. Well, hello there. Hello Hello there. Coming up on today's show, the time has officially come. Netflix's reality series, Byron Bay's has premiered and you better believe we have things to say about the first episode. The death of Australian icon Shane Warne, Kanye West releases a music video depicting violence against Pete Davidson, and we open the shameless mailbag. One listener had sex with a problematic celebrity and she's full of regret. But first, Zara McDonald. How was your week? Hello,
1: everyone. Hello, Zara. It was a great week. (laughs) Big play school energy then. Um, Yeah, probably. (laughs) We're actually recording from our brand new studio today. Annabelle, you've actually never felt further away. I know. Honest. I miss you so much. We can't even touch. <laughs> That's probably not a bad thing. Uh, we are, we've are. we actually just been renovating our office here at the Commons in Cremorne in Melbourne and it's taken a bit of time. Initially Mish when we wanted to renovate our office we were like we're gonna surprise the team. <laughs> I don't know how we were gonna make that happen. We packed up all their stuff without telling everybody for like two months that there was no office while and everyone was working from home.
0: We had this master plan where we we're like everyone's gonna go on break and in the three weeks that we're away over Christmas and New Year. We'll get all the renovations done and they'll come back and all be this like massive surprise and we'll film it. It ended up taking, as most renovations do, about triple the amount of time that we had planned. So we had to like awkwardly tell the team, like Annabelle, you were the <laughs> one who was on the receiving end of this. We had to awkwardly tell you all, be like, by the way, the office is being redone, but like the surprise is gone now. I totally fell for your lies.
2: <laughs> I would come in every Wednesday to record with you guys and just like not come to our office <laughs> and be like, oh
1: yeah, there's electricity uh, issues. <laughs> oh, no, I yeah, issues. I just <laughs> told you that there was wiring issues. I don't even know if that's a thing. No, it's nice being in our own space. It's the best. It's been four years since we started this podcast, Mish. Yeah. This week, oh my God, four this years. Week? Yeah. Wow. And we've never had our own studio. So it feels very fitting that on the fourth year. Oh, I feel very, it's very serendipitous. Serendip- How did we not click that that's the case? Four years, almost
0: today... And we have gone from recording in your parents' home office with like surfboards and bikes everywhere and like a trestle table, mm-hmm. and now we have our own shameless media podcast studio that is ours alone. Yes, and we have like
1: an armchair and some flowers. It's a it's a femme space.
0: If <laughs> I may. We've got flowers. We've got a plant. There's going to be a few extra touches. So we will give you guys a tour. We want to show you guys our little office space. Don't expect like the world, but expect something a little bit cool. Well, it's cool for us. It's cool so for us. So you'll be happy
1: for us. We will show when it's there's like one or two final finishing touches as mish said and then we will show you it all but for now we're just happy to be here mish (laughs) the jubbly mugs finally (laughs) arrived (laughs) yeah look i'm so excited about this i haven't had a
0: chance to properly look at it until right now i am drinking an english breakfast tea out of it feels quite fitting (laughs) (laughs) i will say okay so it does say the platinum jubbly of queen elizabeth ii if this is your first episode listening to shameless these were the famous mugs that were supposed to commemorate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. There's a typo which made them something that Zara wanted to purchase for the podcast immediately. Yes, and
1: I can't remember how much they cost, but they're certainly not worth it. Let me tell you that much. I
2: love it. The Queen looks great.
0: Her
1: face is squished. Oh, her <laughs> face. It is. It's a squishy Queen.
0: Also, I think she's supposed to be wearing a crown on her head, but it just looks like rose petals. But like there's no gold in the crown, there's just jewels floating above her. Head. Is that just me? Does that no, look I strange? That. I, I, I think
1: we've absolutely been scammed here. This was absolutely a setup. They've deliberately typoed for yeah. it to become a collector's item, and boy, <laughs> did we drink the
0: Kool Aid. Well, we drank $60 per mug worth of Kool Aid. We're holding $180 worth of mug right now, and I. <laughs> that's, that's like gold. <laughs> anyway, thank you for my mug present, and I'm sure Annabelle's grateful as well. Oh, I just took my first sip out of it, and it was Ooh, an incredible experience. Sip. Let <laughs> me do first it's
1: magic, it's spiritual. Look, it is (laughs) like
0: every other mug I've ever had. If anything, it feels cheap.
1: (laughs) Oh, it feels super cheap. That's okay. I do actually have also two recommendations today. So I'm going to speed through them very, very quickly. I also know that next week I'm going to regret recommending two things Mm. today when I probably have nothing next week. (laughs) The first thing I want to recommend is people might remember quite a few months ago, I recommended the podcast called The Dropout, which details the story of Elizabeth Holmes who ran Theranos, which ended up being... I guess, a, a bit of a fraudulent business that didn't have any science behind what they were saying. A big old scam. <laughs> so there's now a TV series. I think it's on Netflix or on one of the streaming platforms. We'll put it in the show notes. Great rec. I love a wreck <laughs> that I have to go find for myself. No, I've actually already <laughs> forgotten. It's starring Amanda Seyfried. Ooh. Yeah, random. I haven't seen her about in ages and she is amazing. Michelle, you would understand this. She nails the voice of Elizabeth Holmes because Elizabeth Holmes is known for her very iconic voice. Yeah,
0: it's quite deep and masculine, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. she
1: nails it and it was very very funny because I was sitting at home with Ollie and we were watching it and he got about halfway through the first episode and he looks at me and he said oh, I know where that actress is from. And I was like, oh, (laughs) cool. And he was like, it's the weather presenter from Mean Girls. (laughs) And I said to him, by weather presenter, do you mean the girl whose boobs could detect the rain? And he was like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, the weather presenter. The other thing I wanted to also quickly recommend as well, and this was a wonderful listen, was an episode of the Ash London podcast. Ash London is such a wonderful presenter. We've had her on the show before. And last week she interviewed Phoebe Simmons. Now, for those who haven't heard of Phoebe, Phoebe is a Melbourne businesswoman. She runs a sort of hair styling chain called The Blow. Mm -hmm. She also has a a website called The Memorand which sort of sells parenting stuff and she's amazing and they had this chat and I felt it was very very interesting because both of these women are married to men or are with men Phoebe's not married yet who both lost their partners before they were with the people that they are now and they had this really beautiful sensitive gentle conversation about what that experience is like I've never heard anyone really talk about that what it's like to be as they called it the second love of someone's life and it as they said you know it's It's a hard story to talk about because it's not just their story. It's the story of so many others, but also their story matters too and their experience matters too. And they just had a really lovely conversation about it together and I just couldn't recommend it more. I'm so
0: desperate to listen to that. I don't even want to do the rest of the
1: show. (laughs) It's really, really good. And we know Phoebe and we know Ash and they're just like beautiful speakers and communicators. So definitely get that one in your ears. Phoebe and Ash are like stars
0: they just I don't know you meet them and they're just infectious they're so positive they're just beautiful beautiful people so I cannot wait to dive into that I didn't even know that was a thing I'm so excited that you
1: recommended that. I've been waiting to tell you on mine. Sarah McDonald thank you. I know (laughs) tell me about you what do you recommend me? (laughs) I don't really have a recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay I need to be really
0: self-aware about this I've been living my life like we're out of lockdown and I've been seeing lots of friends and doing lots of stuff. And when that's the case, I'm not watching as much TV. Just tell us what it is. Okay. (laughs) If I had to recommend anything, which I know is the rule of the show, I would recommend the least me recommendation ever, which is a show called Worst Roommate Ever on Netflix. It's a crime documentary series and the first episode is about a grandmother or like someone who's the age of a grandmother who murders like multiple people that she lives with and like how she got away with the murders and like her criminal history.
1: So I have just, you guys will absolutely adore this, I have just googled this title to work out what it is and the first news article that comes up is from The Guardian. Worst roommate ever. <laughs> this officially might be the worst true crime show I've ever seen.
2: You clearly did not do your research before bringing that wreck here. Yeah, look, okay, this is the
0: thing. I was like, fuck, I need a recommendation. I was talking to Mitch about it being like, what have we watched or listened to recently that I can recommend? He's like, we watched one episode of that worst roommate ever show. I will say the first episode I found interesting. You guys know, I never watch crime things. I hate speaking about murder or watching anything about murder, this was the one show where I was like, oh, I found that
1: pretty interesting without being super anxious at the end. So another headline is worst roommate ever is a waste of a good title. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even making this up. Just come straight (laughs) to me. Maybe this is my first ever complete fail of a recommendation. It it sounds like an anti-recommendation if I've ever heard one. Yeah.
0: Uh, Have you seen it, Annabelle? You You have seen everything I tend to watch. I would not watch that. That sounds...
1: The, like the worst show ever. <laughs> Look, let's talk about shows and let's talk about shows on Netflix and let's talk about shows that perhaps we may not recommend because we are launching into our first segment of the day. Mm. And Mish, Byron Bay's is out.
0: Byron Bay's is out. Now, you guys might remember we originally spoke about Byron Bay's last year when it was first announced that Netflix had picked up the show. There was a heap of controversy about it when it happened because Byron Bay locals did not love the idea. Of their once edgy, cool, indie town, coastal town, being made a little dirty by a massive Netflix reality show.
1: Yeah, I think there were quite a few layers to this. I think the other thing that Byron Bay locals were quite angry about was how this was going to shine a light on a certain type of Byron Bay that might not actually show the reality of what maybe their homelessness Mm. crisis looks like or things like that. But regardless, props to Netflix because they got it off the ground. Gosh knows how. And I have to say, Mish, I was so excited to sit down and watch this because I had no idea what to expect. I'm not going to lie though. I will not lie for this show. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was so good. Bad. So,
0: guys, we essentially in the shameless office reached out to Netflix. We asked for a screener. We wanted to be able to watch this in time for us to get on the show and talk about it. We're obviously recording on Wednesday, as we always do. And the show premieres today. It might be right now or it might be later tonight. So, we're like, we need it earlier than that so we can watch it, sit with our thoughts, come to the show, share everything with the listeners. And let us tell you, we all sat together in the office watching this, yes, not doing our work for a full hour while we watched the first episode. And the number of times the, like, shameless team members looked at each other and I made eye contact with you
1: just to be like, what the fuck is this show, was insane. Just a couple of groans, I would say. I think the thing for me about this show, everything did feel incredibly scripted. And we're talking about a show that's building itself on reality, right? Like, this is the story of... People that live there and their friendships and their love triangles and whatever. but influencers that live there. It's it's not even just like the average person. Everyone's an influencer. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm suddenly reading what feels like home and away but with people that (laughs) aren't actors and I think usually watching a show like The Bachelor for example my criticism is that you know we can often hear the audio being cut or whatever it is like that here the audio didn't need to be cut they weren't chopping up the words of their talent because they had just given their talent a script on how to have an interaction
0: yeah it was really strange and I will say I was an avid lover of reality tv shows I adore so many different reality shows the first episode is normally the clunkiest like absolutely it's a really tricky thing to introduce all the different characters in episode one tell the audience enough about those characters or those people for the audience to warm to them and kind of get to know them whilst also making everything seem natural and kind of drawing these connections between every person on the show like yes the task that producers face with episode one is tricky. However, I've never watched a reality show that felt this contrived and this forced. Like some of the lines that came out of people's mouths screamed <laughs> of like a 45 year old man sitting at a desk thinking, What do young people say these days? Here's a
1: snippet because I <laughs> want to give an example right now. This is so bad. Well, look, if they want to do it, it's going to be expensive. Who? Never heard of them. Oh, darling, they're very 2016. You can't have big W prizes and expect to get David Jones' talent. So is that I mean it's about as cliche as you can get I think for me when I was watching this it actually did make me wonder a lot about the future of reality tv in a country like ours you know like do we have the resources and the skill to create a show where the story isn't neat like it's not neat the premise is an entire town and people that live in that town but it's not like a married at first sight that has an easy narrative where you've got couples and you're just focusing on the couples and the drama between them then you put everyone at a dinner party and the drama comes from there it's like a neat mm. formula or or The Bachelor, everyone's in a house. Big Brother, everyone's in a house. It's easier to control. Do we in Australia have the ability to create these shows when there is no bubble yeah, per se, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: interesting. I mean, I think we absolutely do, or we should. I mean, around the world, shows can work like Byron Bay's and work really well. I mean, anyone who watches the Real Housewives franchise in America, particularly Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, knows that that show works so well. And essentially it's the same premise. I mean, the main difference is it's a bunch of really rich women from Beverly Hills, but it's similar in that, It's just their everyday lives. They tend to be in one friendship group. Instead of being influencers, they are just very, very wealthy people. That's really the only difference. And that show works exceptionally well. But what I would say is the key difference as a fan of Real Housewives is watching Byron Bay's. it's as if the production team was so anxious or so nervous or had such a desire to control every facet of the show They felt like nothing would happen unless they meticulously planned everything out. It's like they allowed no room for organic interaction and organic drama. They needed to have their fingerprints on every little word said, which is such a mistake because it really does come across – as almost like a spoof, like a spoof of a show that could have actually been quite entertaining if they had actually relinquished
1: control and just let something unfold. Yeah, it's really interesting because the Real Housewives sort of parallel you've made makes a lot of sense. I haven't watched a lot of Real Housewives myself, but you rave about it. I love it. And when we're talking (laughs) about the premise, it is a pretty blank canvas. But then it also makes me wonder if we actually foster here in Australia the kinds of personalities that we need in a show like that. I feel like America is a very different climate when it comes to sport and entertainment, the personalities that they Encourage and foster are very different to ours because we have far more sort of tall poppy syndrome. We don't let people get too big Mm. for their boots. Is that the saying? Yeah, too too big (laughs) for their boots. Sure, too big for their boots. We drag them down. We want people to be humble and a bit more quiet and gentle. That's a big generalisation, but I do feel like culturally we are in a different spot.
0: I don't know if I agree with that. I think we do have big enough personalities. I wonder if our budgets aren't big enough to get those personalities on the show. If they had like a, I know Martha Kay, an ex maths contestant, I know. Doesn't live in Byron Bay, so maybe she wasn't right for this show. But someone like Martha Kay, who is exceptional reality TV talent, known for being big and out there and completely herself. We do have talent like that. Maybe we don't have the budgets to get them on the right shows.
1: Yeah, that also might be true. I think the other conversation we were having yesterday is, you know what, maybe they're not even going for you or I as an audience. Like they're very likely going for a US audience anyway. We know that this television show was based or the idea was sparked because of an article that was written in Vanity Fair about the quote-unquote Byron Bay Murphys. And so because that went wild over in the US, and people were obsessed with this concept of these families that live in Byron Bay and sell their lives online. Maybe they aren't going for you or I.
0: Yeah, I also think, like, there is such an interest in Byron Bay in Hollywood. So many Hollywood actors and actresses have moved to the location, particularly over the last two years with COVID, that's where the intrigue is. And I think as well, potentially Netflix is looking at a model that worked really well for them two years ago. So I don't know if you remember Annabelle, Zara and I were talking about this yesterday briefly. Do you remember the show, The Yummy Mummies? Yes. Didn't watch it though. Yeah. So not many Australians did, right? This was a reality TV series set here in Melbourne about quote unquote, yummy mummies, very, very rich women who are about to become mothers. They're all pregnant. That premiered in Australia in July 2017 on Channel 7 and was a pretty big flop. Not many people watched it. Not many people cared about it. But when Netflix picked it up in the beginning of 2019, so two years later, it went off almost exclusively in the US, which I found really interesting, as did you, Zara. And while we don't have stats from Netflix, because they hardly ever release stats on exactly how their shows perform – the Australian stars on Yummy Mummies absolutely exploded, not when the show premiered here, but 18 months later when it went on to Netflix because it was Americans that cared about them,
1: not Australians. Yeah, and because we don't have like raw data on what the download stats were like on Netflix, because Netflix don't seem to hand that out very easily, all we can go by is how much their Instagram followings exploded. Like we know after it premiered on Channel 7, Yummy Mummies like Lorinska and Rachel Watts had about 40,000 followers on Instagram. By the time it had aired, 18 18- Months later, they'd balloon to like 700,000 followers. So clearly, the model, as you say, worked for yummy mummies. What is to say that you and I are not the audience for Byron Bays this time around and it very easily could work for them overseas? Yeah,
0: I'm very curious to poll the listeners. I mean, by the time it's your say Friday, they would have had two days to watch an episode or two of Byron Bays. I will be very, very curious. Are people gonna watch? Because the funniest thing about all of this is Our entire team, particularly you and I, Zara, were slamming this show. Like, we were watching it being like, what the fuck are we watching? And yet, still when the final credits rolled on episode one, we all admitted that we will probably tune in <laughs> episode <laughs> two. We're the real suckers. Uh, I was going to say, I walked in at the very end. I was out of
2: the office so I didn't get to watch it. Yeah. And you guys looked so captivated. You guys were like gasping. You were, oh, no, she didn't do.
0: <laughs> We did not. I hate us. I hate that I'm going to watch episode two. Coming up after the break, the death of
1: Australian icon Shane Moore. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the replay and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Michelle Jubbly Andrews, (laughs) what have you got for me? A classic. Good one. Keep it
0: simple. My first story, Shane Warne Death, how a and leg spinner became a pop culture icon. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald You basically couldn't have missed it over the last week. Australian cricket legend Shane Warne died suddenly from a suspected heart attack on Friday. He was 52 years old.
1: Yeah, he had been holidaying on the Thai island of Koh Samui and following his death, his family did sort of inform local police of his recent history of heart disease and growing concerns of his overall health. I do feel like there was a bit of collective shock, huge collective shock around this death. I definitely, when I saw it, sort of woke up in the middle of the night to uh, my partner messaging me about it because he was away. And I didn't think it was real. Like, feels so incredibly young. I feel like he's so incredibly visible when it comes to the Australian media landscape. It just didn't seem real that someone so prolific could just be gone so quickly.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. My partner was still awake. I had gone to sleep and my partner instantly came into the bedroom and was like, Shane died, and I was just it, like, it took me a long time to get my head around it. I think yeah. a lot of people were just in a real state of shock over this. Shane's longtime manager, James Erksine, did speak to The Age earlier this week and said, Shane was on holiday having a lie down siesta. He hadn't been drinking. He'd been on this diet to lose weight. He didn't drink much. Everyone thinks he's a big boozer, but he's not a big boozer at all. I sent him a crate of wine 10 years later and it's still there. He doesn't drink. He never took drugs ever. He hated drugs, so nothing untoward. Really interesting interesting that the manager needed to come out and actually say that because naturally when these things happen social media just becomes rife with rumors and hearsay and i think it was really important actually to come out and give a quote like that for a story like this because i think social media kind of ran away with certain rumors really quickly
1: yeah 100% as social media tends to do and it's it's pretty yuck when that happens in the wake of someone's very tragic death Shane's former fiance, the actress Liz Hurley, posted a tribute to Instagram. She said, I feel like the sun has gone behind a cloud forever. Rest in peace, my beloved Lionheart. His former wife of 10 years, Simone Callahan, also wrote on Instagram, Shane was taken too soon from their young lives, talking about her children, of course. Eternal love remains and will never leave Vale Shane.
0: Yeah, Shane's parents, Keith and Bridget Warren, also issued a statement in which read, The night of the 4th of March 2022 is a never-ending nightmare that began for our family, for that is the date we lost our much-loved and admired son, father, brother and uncle, Shane Keith Warren, a tragedy that we will never come to terms with. Another conversation that was sparked this week off the back of Shane's death was actually... His recent health kick, and we need to be really clear when we talk about this. This was put into the media by his manager again, James Erksine, because clearly it's something that people want to talk about. I think there's probably a really important message that needs to be shared here. James went on weekend today and said Shane did go on these ridiculous sorts of diets, and he just finished one where basically he only ate fluids for 14 days and he'd done this three or four times. It was a bit all or nothing. It was either white buns with butter and lasagna stuffed in the middle, or he would be having black and green juices now. This has prompted a really important conversation, particularly with health professionals. Professor Gary Jennings, the chief health advisor of the Heart Foundation of Australia, spoke to ABC about these extreme diets and the effect they can have on heart disease. He said, what can happen with extreme dieting is that if the heart is not bathed in the right mixture of electrolytes and nutritional chemicals, then your heart gets more irritable. So if you were to have a heart attack, it's much more likely to lead to something serious such as cardiac arrest.
1: Yeah, as you say, like really important messages I think from all of these stories but I think the fundamental sort of feeling around this death is as I said shock sadness he's got three kids sitting at home who won't have him around anymore which just feels sad on so many levels so he clearly brought a lot of joy to a lot of people and was clearly very very loved because seeing the outpouring of grief and stories from people who were close to him has been quite remarkable seeing how many people loved him and how many people he loved too.
0: Yeah and the number of fans who had really touching stories about their interactions with Shane Warne was really touching as well like it sounds like he was a man who had a lot of time for all kinds of people yeah
1: i totally agree with that
0: my second story jackie o henderson claims she once flew all the way to new york to interview an a-list star who went to the toilet and never came back. That, that <laughs> is from the
1: Daily Mail. Zara, you fought to get this in the quick and dirty today. A bit of a tone shift. Um, <laughs> yes, I just thought the headline was funny, to be totally honest. There's not that like much more to it. <laughs> Speaking on the Kyle and Jackie O show this week, Jackie O is telling a story of how she flew all the way to New York to interview who? Guess. Well, oh. Annabelle, you'll
0: get a, I know this answer, so I won't guess. We'll give you a clue. Mm-hmm. This celebrity is someone we have spoken about at length. On Scandal. On Scandal. Tom Cruise?
1: (laughs) No, but good one. P. Diddy. Oh, (laughs) that has
2: shocked me to my core. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean
1: Combs, whoever it might be. So she said, I flew all the way to interview him from Australia. He was there. He sat down and said, I need to go to the toilet. And he never came back. Now, clearly I don't listen to the Kyle and Jackie O show enough because... Kyle retorted by saying did you have open toe shoes on maybe it was a foot thing so <laughs> I don't really know what the inside joke is there does Jackie have really ugly feet is I don't this, know is this the joke it must be must be ugly feet unite I gotta tell you <laughs>
0: are you happy that you fought
1: for this story to be in the quick and dirty I actually think it's quite interesting <laughs> the other thing that I read in this story as well from the Daily Mail is that weirdly Kyle and Jackie say, and they have interviewed basically every celebrity under the yes. sun that their worst ever celebrity Liberty interview is with Matt LeBlanc from, Joey, oh, from Friends. Joey from Friends. Interesting. I was like, that is a bit random. They said he was really arrogant. Really, I'm always down for people telling us who their worst celebrity yes. interview is. Maybe one day we'll do it. Yeah. Well, now we, <laughs> definitely, we definitely <laughs> won't
0: My third story: the backlash over Kanye West's Pete Davidson video is swift, scary on so many levels. That is from the Los Angeles Times. In case you missed it, this week Kanye West and rapper The Game released a new music video for their song. Easy. In that music video, Kanye West is depicted kidnapping, burying and decapitating a clay figurine with a very close likeness
1: to Pete Davidson. Yeah, it's a bit of a eerie kind of watch, isn't it? It finished with a couple of slides that read, everyone lived happily ever after except Skeet, who was crossed out, you know who. Yeah, I, like what to
0: even say about that?
1: Yeah. The lyrics to Easy also mish repeatedly referenced Kanye's divorce proceedings with Kim Kardashian. Mm. It included mentions of her sister Courtney, their four children going to court buying the house next door, which was spoken about at length on the show. And of course, as you say, beating up Pete Davidson.
0: Yeah. What I do love about this story unexpectedly is that clearly Kanye West is doing this for attention and for views, right? Like he is being pretty disgusting towards Kim Kardashian and her reported new partner Pete Davidson because he wants attention largely I think and because also he wants to intimidate them. What I love about this is he's actually not getting that much attention. So this video at the time of recording has about three million hits on YouTube. That might sound like a lot. It's actually not that much at all. For context Camilla Cabello's new music video Bam Bam achieved, <laughs> achieved three times right. the viewership in one less day. Yeah. So like Kanye West is having a lot of media write about him and a lot of media slam him. He's not having a lot of people actually watch the video and you would think that if you're going to be slammed and if you're kind of going for attention at any cost, you would be like, oh, okay, well, at least I might get 10 million hits in a few days. People aren't watching it and they're slamming him, which I feel like is pretty great as an outcome.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's also interesting timing because the same day the music video came out was the same day that Kim Kardashian was declared legally single by the court Mm -hmm. and dropped West from her last name. Now, There was some really great commentary on Twitter in the last few days all around this, Mish, in response to Kanye's video. User Black is All Gold wrote, all this violence for Pete shows that Kanye never viewed Kim as a human being but property. Yeah, I love that one so much. We also shared
0: one on our Instagram page, which has since gone on to become our most liked post ever, which was from Mary Kate Kenny and read like this, saw someone talk about how if Kim Kardashian, with all the money and resources in the world, cannot safely and simply divorce her husband without being harassed and stalked, it's about time we stop asking women in domestic violence situations the question, why doesn't she just leave? I think that is so bang on. It's been a very interesting and sobering experience for a lot of women, I would say, actually, to watch this happen to someone with the amount of power and money as Kim Kardashian, like not even she can escape a situation like this without being stalked and harassed by her ex-husband.
1: Yeah, I also thought there was a really interesting tweet from prominent filmmaker James Gunn, which I'm pretty sure Kim Kardashian liked. Yeah, right? she liked this. Yeah, Yeah. he tweeted, for the record, Pete Davidson is one of the nicest, sweetest guys I know, a truly generous, tender and funny spirit. He treats everyone around him with respect. I do find it very interesting that friends are coming out in defense of Pete Davidson, that this isn't some sort of chaotic joke Mm. anymore that people do want to put on the record that he is like this gentle spirit he's really been caught in a crossfire here
0: yeah he has again we say this every week i feel like every week we come with a new update and just gets more and more grisly I hope that they can do something behind the scenes to at least protect themselves. I hope at least they're feeling safe. I can imagine things like this would make you feel incredibly unsafe. Even if you're just having a bad mental health day, I cannot imagine how Pete Davidson or Kim Kardashian would be feeling right now, particularly given that Kanye West just bought a house in the same street as well. My fourth story: Courtney Kardashian details the sex fast she went on with Travis, a diet I will never fucking try.
1: That is from pedestrian. Oh, I T- thought you were saying Mark that Michelle. from yours. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. So, in case you missed it, the Kardashians are releasing their new show next month on Hulu. It is set to premiere on April 14. So, in the lead up to that, Courtney Kardashian has done this major profile with Bustle. Now, interestingly, about this profile. A whole lot of the interview focused on how much she struggled shooting Keeping Up With The Kardashians back in the day. I mean, we knew this because she was always relatively moody on the show. (laughs) We also knew this because in that sort of reunion finale special that they did with E!, They spoke very openly about how she was fighting to kind of close the show much earlier than anybody else. And so I think what's very interesting now is that given there's a lot of newfound interest in (laughs) Courtney, a lot of newfound interest in her love life, and that she is involved in this show, people will naturally be asking the question well, if you hated that old show so much, what's different about this one? Will you be in it? Will we even see anything with Travis? So I think what this profile was about was very much the Kardashian PR machine going yes she's part of this show and she's on board she's as enthusiastic as ever even though the show sounds to be like a replica of the old show yeah it sounds almost exactly the same so anyway with all of that in mind she did this interview with bustle and she told the journalist that she went on a sex fast (laughs) and here is the passage people are always using my quote where i say working is not my top priority it never will be and it's kind of true. Like, I want to work to the place where I'm happy. Right now, I am actually working more than I have on Poosh, to which the journalist kept writing, which means there will be more Poosh scenes on the new Kardashians when it premieres and more of the content from Kardashians' life that inspires some Poosh posts. One recent example, an Ayurvedic cleanse that included a sex fast. Oh my God, <laughs> it was crazy, Kardashian says, <laughs> of briefly foregoing orgasms. But it actually made everything better. Like, if you can't have caffeine, when you have your first marcher. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> what is an Ayurvedic cleanse? Well, this is a thing. An Ayurvedic cleanse you can like trace back. and This is from my research online and what other news outlets are writing to India over like three thousand years ago, right. and it's like said to promote whole body healing. I think so. Like many followers engage in regular detoxes, like that are believed to rid the body of toxins. So she has gone. On a sex cleanse. It kind of sounds like avoiding dick. (laughs) (laughs) Not really to be honest like at all. I'm on your team Annabelle it does sound like avoiding dick. But I do feel like they've deliberately dropped this tiny little carrot this tiny little sprinkling because they want us to know that we're going to find out far more about the sex life of Travis and Courtney in this new show. I love that. I hope we do. I'm obsessed with them. It's going to be really interesting because we know how much she wasn't on board the last show. So I wonder how that will change. I did want to include one more quote from Kris Jenner about Courtney Kardashian in this piece because I thought this was the absolute ultimate backhander. It was really funny. Also, oh, so they interviewed Kris Jenner about Kourtney. Yeah. So you know how in any okay. profile they sometimes ask people around the key subject about the subject itself. Yeah. And Chris said this We're all probably all just a little too hard on Courtney, to be honest. I think we had to realize that not everyone is going to have that thing that kickstarts every morning at 5 a.m. and runs until you fall down at the end of the day. And that's me, and that's Chloe, that's Kim, that's Kylie, that's Kendall. And I think maybe we just expected to drag Courtney right there along with us, whether she liked it or not, kicking and screaming. And she just had to say, Look, I want some boundaries, I have one life and I want to live it the way I want to live it. I think it's much healthier for her to have more of a normal (laughs) lifestyle. Is that not just one way of calling her lazy? That is the
0: biggest backhander in the world. Also, Courtney's mother to like, three children as well i love that there's still this expectation of like she should be up at 5am and working to like working to the bone (laughs) and not only that she's listed every other sister the only (laughs) kardashian that didn't really get a mention there was rob but rob never gets a mention (laughs) (laughs) rob's sock brand (laughs) (laughs) my fifth and final story splendid an australian city has been declared best in the world at wordle that is from junkie guys the world trend, the world craze is still alive and well in the shameless office. I think it's alive
1: and well in many offices. Yeah. I said to you maybe a month ago, I'm done. That's it for me. <laughs> me you turned me like
0: you're like, look, it's gotten too big. I I'm just not feeling the passion for it. I'm not looking like I'm not feeling excited about it anymore.
1: Yes, and then suddenly I got the excitement back <laughs> and I actually think the secret is Sometimes asking people for the answer. I'm just getting on with my day. I don't want to spend an hour like searching for this. I want it to be quick and easy. So I'll often... Dad gave it to me the other day. Mum was really mad oh, at me. Oh, wait. Him. So you've been cheating? Yeah. Really? Not often. You've never yeah. told me that. That's been like a never, little secret. You've never, I would yourself. never tell you, hey, I got it in three today if I cheated. Right. I would just go along my merry way and send it to my family group
0: and <laughs> tell them that I cheated. So
1: do you cheat when you're at risk of like a DNF, like a do not finish? No, it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with energy. I'm like, I have sat in front of this for an hour hour. <sighs> I don't have the energy right. to keep going and I can't just like let it sit there. Okay. I, it needs, I need to know.
0: What I love about you and Wordle is that after you said, oh, I'm over it. I think it's done. I think it's passed. The obsession came back so strongly. You admitted to me the other day at your desk. You're like, I look forward to going to sleep so I can wake up. <laughs> To a
1: Wordle. Yeah, but then I get so frustrated when I can't get it. So then I end up cheating. I'm in a toxic relationship with Wordle. You We've also buried the lead because we have not told any of the <laughs> listeners who the best city in the world is. It's not Melbourne. I was a bit flat on that. It's obviously Canberra. It's obviously Canberra.
0: I thought it was going to be Melbourne just because I'm like a little diehard Melbourne fan. It's Canberra. They are the best city in the world at Wordle. They have an average Wordle score of 3.58 guesses. If you're not into Wordle, that's fucking impressive.
1: Like that is- It's a very, very good score. It's an incredible score. Now, Jerusalem Nab, <laughs> second place with an average of point. 6.3 guesses. That checks out. This seems like a clever city. Yeah, 100%. Followed closely by the Swedish city of Malmo. Then we had Durban and Paris. Hurry! Melbourne made the top 10 though. Melbourne made the top 10 along with... Perth Earth and Adelaide. Are we just the only cities
0: playing? <laughs> Perhaps, Surely not. Sydney's the hot sister, but not necessarily the clever one <laughs> of the Australian <laughs> family. We've got Sydney listeners, Michelle. <laughs> Don't we ever. Very
1: pretty, just not very bright. We have a big contingent of Sydney <laughs> listeners and we love you, Sydney. You're hot. No, that's so interesting. As Junkie said, what a bunch of word nerds.
0: What a bunch of word nerds. Annabelle, you've been awfully quiet <laughs> in the for office. For a reason, friends. We, we tend to play Wordle every day. We tend to collab particularly with our beloved office mate ruby who Mm -hmm. also loves wordle you never participate are you not on the train whenever you guys talk about
2: it i strategically put my noise cancelling headphones on and i just back out because i'm not playing wordle why not i don't care no i just never got on board i tend to be really late to things like i was late to tiktok i was late to instagram (laughs) this is different but just deliberately (laughs) counterculture which is not
1: in your job description may i add (laughs) is that all you've got for me (laughs) that's all i've got Hmm you've got mail yes those are very powerful words
0: all right mates we are back we have a mailbag to talk about, to discuss, to open. Annabelle Lee, would you do us the honors of reading out today's submission? Of course. This one reads,
2: Hi girls, I'm hoping you can make sense of something I did two weeks ago that I can't let go of. On a Saturday night in February, I had sex with a big Australian celebrity who has a prolonged history of awful behavior, particularly violence against women. I've been familiar with this history for a long time and have even spoken about it with loved ones when it's been reported in the news. Yet I still made the decision to to have sex with him in a private room at the back of a club. Obviously, this is all still very fresh, but all I can say is that I adored the attention he was giving me that night. He made me feel pretty and attractive, and I was sort of addicted to the idea that I neatly slotted in with his crowd. When I first saw him, he was sitting in a booth with a group of rich, famous, and beautiful people. And for him to not only notice me, but to take my hand and lead me out the back gave me such an adrenaline brush. I don't remember every little detail from that night, but I do think he was respectful and fine towards me. After we had sex in the back room, I left the club with my friends and we never spoke again. When I got home, I felt girlish and silly about what had happened. But the next morning, I woke up with a hangover and a huge amount of regret. I can't figure out why I had sex with him or what compelled me to make the decision that I did. Whenever my girlfriends bring it up, I want to shrivel up and disappear. Having any connection to a celebrity like him isn't something I'm proud of. And I hate that they keep joking about it or that there's a risk of it becoming gossip in my social circles. Is having sex with a celebrity
1: like him excusing his behaviour and his past? Going in with the big questions. (laughs) What a complicated one. One thing from the start we should probably note, Mish, is that we do know the identity of this Mm. celebrity. We have taken it out, we hope, for obvious (laughs) (laughs) legal
0: reasons. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and we can also say quite a checkered checkered problematic troubling history with women for
1: sure. For sure. I think what's really interesting to me about this is when we were researching for your show Annabelle. Yes. um, Which is coming soon guys. We're coming soon but whenever it's ready. Um, (laughs) As I keep saying when it's ready it's ready. We got a similar reach email from someone who did this overseas with an A-list celebrity and I kind of hadn't really considered this as a predicament until They got in touch and we heard from this person who slept with someone on a more local level who they ended up regretting sleeping with because they're like, it's almost embarrassing to tell people that I have even a connection. So I didn't realise this was a predicament, but it clearly is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, like a key ingredient in this particular story is I would feel a certain way if this listener wrote in to us and said, I slept with this celebrity who had a history of being problematic but has in some way shown that they've reformed and they have changed and they are remorseful. Like I think I would, I would probably be way more okay with that. I think because we know this person's identity and we know from research they have done very, very little to correct the record, to change, to do anything to promote healthy relationships with women – I feel quite strongly about it. Like if I was this listener's friend, I would be saying like, why, why would you want to sleep with this person? Why do you want this person's
1: approval when he's such a pig? Well, I think for me, it made me think a lot about parasocial relationships. I know that they're a bit of a buzzword at the moment and we're talking a lot about them, but Sometimes our relationship or our pull towards people that we don't know is so intense that what we we just flatten them and forget that they are human with as you say a very checkered past or and we just easily forgive them for some of the biggest sins ever it's like we see mm. them as a character rather than a human mm. and that intensity and that pull is so big we're just able to forgive them for anything I mean, it does make me wonder a lot, like, what is it about our obsession with what we think maybe would be a good story or being close to someone that we deem, quote unquote, worthy because of their profile, that we do forgive sins like that? And then I guess that sentence coming out of my mouth is very interesting because I literally just said that by sleeping with him, she's forgiving his sins. So I need to sort of unpack that in myself, whether I believe that or not.
0: Yeah, it's a really tricky one because sleeping with someone... I mean, for me anyway, I can't speak for other women and what that means when they sleep with someone. But for me, historically, it's kind of like a green light that I approve of this person, right, in some way when I choose to have sex with someone. Maybe that's not for every person. Maybe this listener would kind of rally against that and be like, no, it's not for me saying I have a green light. And maybe you can't always know what people have done. But this listener did know what this guy has done. And she was familiar with that. And I reading her submission, I'm wondering, is it the guy that you wanted the approval of? Was it the pull of him? Or was it simply the pull of celebrity, the pull of glamour? Like she was saying, like his famous friends, his rich and wealthy friends, they were sitting in a booth. Like, was it simply the the glamour aspect of it all that pulled you in? Or was it the guy? Because if it was the guy, I think there's some serious internal questioning that needs to go on.
1: Yeah. And you make a really good point as well about this idea. Like, are we actually a reflection of the people that we have like very fleeting encounters with because yeah. you know the line is always you are who you surround yourself with and we pick our friends and maybe we pick our partners can't always pick your family um <laughs> and love mine though <laughs> and I do want to know though I don't think I've ever really thought about that question on a really philosophical level it's like if you go home with someone one night is that a green light of you approving their personality? Or can people, I'm really interested to poll people because I actually don't know where I sit on that. Is that a reflection on you at all? I do think in this case, I can't give it a full pass. Yeah, because
0: she knew. If she didn't know, I'd be like, well, fuck. It's not your fault. It's like when someone sleeps with – it's not the same, but it's similar to when a woman sleeps with someone who has a partner and finds out after the fact and then goes, oh, God, I feel so horrible. I was part of cheating. But it's like, but you didn't know you were part of cheating, so you get a green pass from me because you didn't make the decision. This listener knew that this guy was an asshole when she slept with him.
1: I do want to give one concession as well. I do think perhaps I would feel differently again about this had she gone back to his house or her house. Cause I think there's a longer time that you sit with that decision. Yes, yeah, the okay. traveling period and the Uber or however you get back to the house. If you're doing this just in a club, there isn't that much time really between, I would guess anyway, you know, making that decision and it happening. So you're not really thinking about all the consequences of your actions or kind of the lingering guilt you might feel about this or shame. Yeah,
0: that's such a good point. It's being led by the hand into a back room. You might have 30 seconds to make a decision, whereas when you're going home with someone, you might have 20 minutes to make that decision. And I think that kind of the amount of time that elapses is really important here, particularly when we're talking about alcohol. I mean, this listener said in her submission to us that she woke up with a hangover the next day and that's when the regret kicked in. Again, if I was this person's friend, I would be asking how much did alcohol play a factor here for you? Some people can handle their alcohol really well. Some people really stand by the decisions they make when they are under the influence of alcohol because they line up with the decisions they make when they're sober. But others would say that they have made poor decisions, really bad decisions when they're tipsy or drunk. And if this listener is sitting here listening to this thinking, well, that's me. Like maybe I did make this decision with this man and I have made decisions in the past that I've woken up with this like anxiety and regret over. I would actually say alcohol is the thing that needs to be the focus here potentially for her. That this is maybe the crux of the issue and I don't think she would have made this choice if she was sober or if she wasn't as intoxicated as it sounds like she was. And if that's the case... Is alcohol the thing that needs to be addressed here?
1: Well, I think the question for me when it comes to alcohol and these kinds of predicaments is always like, does the drunk or tipsy you align with the sober you? And if your answer is yes, then I think it's like, okay, we've got a healthy relationship here. If People are constantly saying though, no, I'm doing things I would never normally do or I'm doing things that I'm not proud of in the morning. You're right. I think that's like prime time to reassess. As random as this predicament sounds, right, and as random as it was or that I felt it was that we had people get in touch with this predicament, the more I thought about it I realized it's probably not the most unique situation in the world well maybe elements of it aren't the most you know unique scenario in the world for example I am sure there are many people listening to this right now who have dated people who have done some dodgy things Mm. and maybe they did the dodgy things after they dated or before but regardless having that hangover of being like Why did I give them the benefit of the doubt? Why did I choose to turn a blind eye? Why did I choose to ignore that kind of behaviour when I don't value the same kinds of things or I would never do that to someone myself? I reckon there's a whole heap of people who would relate to that feeling. And I think for this kind of conversation, it really does make me wonder again of how responsible we are generally for the actions of the people around us. And I think in this specific case, perhaps because it's happened once, and it's a one-time mistake, and this listener has expressed some sort of shame and regret. Let's move on. I think the real problem happens when this is something you continually go back to do, and you can't quite work out why you're actively, therefore, I think, endorsing the behavior of someone who's done something really, really bad.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I would say like this was a bad choice of yours, but it's not one that's unforgivable. God, like no. don't beat yourself up. at the end of the day, you're not the one who was, a perpetrator of violence against women like yes you made a bad choice on one occasion on one night the person you slept with has made extremely dangerous and bad and damaging choices multiple times across multiple years of their life and they're the person that kind of should cop the brunt for that I do not want this woman to feel like she is being punished they're in any way equal they're not in any way any way equal and I mean the only person that she's potentially let down is herself really like she's the one who's regretting it she has not hurt anyone directly by doing this. I think it is really important that she kind of sits with the reasons why she made this decision in the first place though. I think also I would say bring this up with your friends like even send this episode to them or tell them how much regret you're feeling if you're worried about how much your friends are joking about it and linking your name to this person's name. Just be really candid. I wouldn't be surprised if this listener hasn't told her friends exactly how she's feeling maybe she's felt embarrassed or felt ashamed and that has made her go quiet and made her be quite coy or quite shy about what happened that night I would be surprised if a group of friends would continually bring up a sexual experience that a woman actually finds quite troubling or shameful or one that she regrets. They would be pretty spectacularly shitty friends if they were doing that. So I would hope those, and I would think those friends don't know how she's actually feeling. And if you tell them, hey guys, I actually really regret what I did that night. I really regret being associated with that person. That's not what I stand for as a human and I wouldn't
1: make that choice again. I don't think they're going to keep bringing it up. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And if they are, time to dump them
0: as well. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's all we have time for today. A messy one and I am desperate, desperate to hear what our listeners think about that one, guys, because I feel like there are a lot of layers. Yeah, well, I know that we're
0: wrapping it up, but have either of you slept with someone that you would now deem problematic? Because I'm thinking about it (laughs) and I have. I have slept with someone in the past where I then later on saw the things they were posting on social media and I was like, fucking hell. Like, I didn't know this at the time, but I regret sleeping with you because you're not actually a very good person.
1: I don't think I've slept with someone I would feel that way about, but I've certainly been associated with people Mm. that I regret. I mean, what about being friends with people that you regret? Like, people like that, it's like, well, I don't really stand by that. And maybe I do have a little bit of shame about people I've associated with in the past. So that's what I mean. It's not like an out-of-this-realm predicament, Annabelle. Yeah, no, I've never slept with anyone
2: that I think is problematic, but I definitely have had regret after sleeping with
1: someone. <laughs> That's maybe just my overthinking
2: brain
0: mode. I, be, I bet you
1: it is. <laughs> guys, that is really all we have time for today. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. You can find us on Instagram at shamelesspodcast. You absolutely can. You can also find us on TikTok at shameless underscore
0: podcast. Just and to keep you on your toes. Keep you <laughs> on your toes. Annabelle, Lee, anything else to add? No, love you guys. Have a jubbly good week. Have yeah. a jubbly, cheers. jubbly oh, cheers, week. friends. So バイバーイ! <laughs> <laughs>